Well, what a strange year 2020 has turned out to be. None of us could have imagined the circumstances that we find ourselves in, but God's in it and God's been speaking to us. And I just want to bring together some of the themes that he's been particularly speaking to us about. I don't know if you remember the dreadful death of George Floyd at the, a few months ago and his words that kind of echoed out with real pain and sorrow as he said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I and several others actually felt this is a prophetic cry for the church right now. It's like we've been winded. It's like something's hit us so hard and it's like we're saying we can't breathe. But actually God wants to send the breath of his spirit. Wasn't it wonderful? Kids, particularly as Ali brought that amazing picture about Daniel being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God brings the breath of God into our lives. And I think God wants to breathe afresh on you today, wherever you are right now, in your living room, in your home, maybe even outdoors. I want to prophesy, just like Ezekiel, when he saw those dry bones, those bones, those bones, those dry bones, and he was told to prophesy to the bones. He was told to speak to the wind and to the spirit and to say, come, fill these bones with breath. And the Spirit came and filled the bones with breath. And I believe God wants to come by Spirit. That was what happened in the very beginning. You remember the very beginning of how all this started? God made Adam and Eve. And actually God, by the Spirit, breathed on Adam and he became alive. He became alive. He, he was spiritually alive. And God wants today to breathe his breath on you so that actually we, as the church, can breathe again. We can take in great lungfuls of the Holy Spirit and be energised afresh, just like Daniel was with the Holy Spirit. Do you remember Jesus when he gathered his disciples together. I always thought it was rather strange when Jesus gathered his disciples together after his resurrection in John chapter 20, I think it is. And he kind of gathers them together and you think, Jesus, the resurrected Messiah, the Son of God, the one in whom all power and authority and glory rests, he's going to say something amazing. What he actually does is breathes all over his disciples. <laughs> think that's a kind of strange thing, but it was a prophetic action, breathing the power of the Holy Spirit into their very lives. And of course that happened just a few days later when they were in the original lockdown, in the upper room. They were there, frightened, nervous. Jesus had left them by that stage. He'd gone back into heaven. They were there, terrified, but in obedience to him and suddenly, the breath of God came. Suddenly it said inside the building, there was this sound of like a, a mighty wind and the fire of the Holy Spirit came and filled those disciples and sent them out on mission to the ends of the earth. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing in our midst. That's what the Spirit of God wants to do with us. That's what the Spirit of God is doing. Can you breathe? Breathe him in right now. Receive the Holy Spirit right now 
because God wants to send you out on his mission. The second word that has come during the season, and it's come many times, and interestingly enough, I didn't know exactly what Ali was going to speak on earlier. Ali said it again. And it's this, it's a picture of a fruitful tree planted by waters, planted by a river. It's a continual theme actually that comes out in the Bible. It comes out again and again and again. We get it in Psalm 1. We get it in Jeremiah 17. We get it actually in Ezekiel 47 with the river of God. And we get it again in Revelation chapter 22. And God spoke to me actually at the beginning of this year in January time, January, February time. And he reminded me of a prophetic word that he'd spoken many years ago into my life. In fact, it was the first prophetic word I ever received as a 16 year old boy. And then I preached on it about 10 years ago at our North Bible event. Some of you New Frontiers, Christ Central historians will remember the gathering in that field. And this was the word. It was about Joseph. And God's spoken a lot to us about Joseph during these times. And it was Jacob, Joseph's father, prophesying over Joseph at the end of Jacob's life. And this is what Jacob said about Joseph. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches go over the wall. And I felt God speak to me right in the early part of this year that there's going to be some walls, there's going to be some obstacles. I had no idea about COVID-19. I had no idea that it would be coronavirus. I, I wondered whether it would be some new persecution or some difficulties, but actually it has been this dreadful virus that's locked us in. It's been like walled us up, shut us down, pressed us in. But the prophetic word came that we're going to be like Joseph, that we are like a fruitful vine. In fact, Jesus, didn't he say this in John chapter 15? He said, I'm the true vine. I'm the real vine. I'm the one who's come to be fruitful. And he says this in John chapter 15. I am the vine. You guys, you're the branches. You didn't choose me, but I have chosen you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, supernatural fruit. And I believe God in his sovereignty is going to give us fruit over the wall. You see, when a vine grows up, a vine needs some resistance. A vine needs something to grow up. If a vine runs along the ground. It might have a nice, happy little bit of growth. It might think, oh, it's wonderful, I'm free. I can, I, can, I can produce as much fruit as I like. But what happens when the fruit comes, two things can happen. It can either rot on the ground because of the, the dew or little animals come along and eat it all up. Thank you very much, I'll have that fruit. And the farmer loses all the crop. But if it pushes up against something, a trellis or a wall, then actually it can be protected, 
it, it has some resistance, it has to push harder, it grows, more effort goes into it and actually more fruit is produced and actually it can go over the wall. And I believe prophetically God wants to speak to all of our lives and all of our churches and saying, yes, I know that you're in lockdown. Yes, I know that this COVID thing has been such a restriction to you. It's pushed you down. It's hemmed you in. But God says prophetically, you are going to have fruit over the wall. You're going to have fruit out of this lockdown, right into the communities. Jeremiah 17 says the same sort of thing. Jeremiah 17 verse 7, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. He's going to be like a tree planted by water that sends out roots into the stream and it does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. Dear friends, this has been a year of drought. My friends in Africa and the Middle East and in the uh, Americas, particularly in Mexico, know what it is to have droughts, know what it is to have lack of water. This has been a year of drought for us. It's been a year of suffering and difficulty. But God promises this, because we're connected to his life source, because we're connected to that stream of water that Ali was talking about, actually we're going to bear fruit and that fruit is not going to be restricted by these walls. In fact, these walls are actually there to help us bear more fruit in new territory, in new homes, in new communities, even in new nations. Wasn't that interesting, that prophetic word that came earlier about us being a blessing to the nations? See, eventually, when we get a glimpse into Revelation, into the end of it all, we see this beautiful picture of the river of God and trees planted all the way along it. It says this in Revelation 22, right at the end of the book. We know the end of the story. The angel showed me the river of the water of life flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nation. Dear friends, the fruit that God is producing in our life is for the healing of the nations. And we're gonna bear fruit even at times when other people are not. Even in times of drought, these fruit, it comes 12 times every month, there's fruit. And God would say to you right now, wherever you're sitting, wherever you're listening to this, you might not feel, I'm bearing fruit. God says to you, this is your time of fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is coming to you because you're in Christ. And His life, His Spirit is working in you to produce fruitfulness in your life. We referred to Joseph. This is just like Joseph. Joseph had fruitfulness every part of his life. Whether he was in Potiphar's household as a slave, it said, the Lord was with Joseph and he had success. Or whether he was actually lied against and put in prison, it said Joseph had fruitfulness. He was a success. Or whether he was propelled into the palace. Wherever you are today, in the palace, in the prison, 
or just in Potiphar's household. God promises you fruitfulness. Which brings me to the last kind of prophetic word that God's been speaking to us during this season. And it's of this. How are we going to produce this fruitfulness? And who is this fruitfulness for? Well, it's not for us. It's for the world. These leaves are for the healing of the nations. And actually, God wants to speak to us. See, I hear a lot of people talking. I talk to a lot of pastors, whether it's on Zoom, we're all Zoomed out at the moment, or whether it's on the phone, or now we're meeting up, perhaps in ones and twos. And people are asking, this is the big question, the question that somebody asks me almost every day. When are we going to get our church services back? Listen, guys, that's the wrong question. It's when are we going to get the church back to serving? You see, this winding, this body blow that's happened to us, it's kind of put us on pause. It's kind of like we're the animal, the rabbit caught in the headlight, and it's like we're a little frozen, kind of waiting until this thing goes away. When this thing goes away, then we'll be really fruitful. No, it's in the trouble. It's in the difficulty. It's when you're hitting the wall. It's in the prison. It's in Potiphar's house that you're going to be fruitful. My friend Andy reminded me of a scripture. You know, when you read through the Bible, I read through the Bible. I try most years to read through the Bible, not every year. But I've read these passages time and time again. I've never seen something that my friend reminded me of. And it was this, the children of Israel, and Lou talked about the children of Israel in the desert. When the children of Israel in the desert, they followed the Spirit and it took the form of a cloud, a pillar of, a pillar of fire by night or a cloud by day. And when the cloud stopped, they stopped and they set up camp. And they kind of waited. Are we going to move on today or are we going to move on tomorrow? And what they were told was this, you can wait around for a day or so. You can wait around to see if the cloud moves on. You can kind of stop your duties, stop your serving for a day or two. But actually, if the cloud stays, start serving again. Get on with your duties. Listen, friends, we don't know when this is going to end. We don't know when there's going to be an end point to this. Let's not be frozen. Let's not be winded. Let's not be a rabbit caught in the headlight. Let's get on with our duties. Let's get on with serving the world. Let's get on and be fruitful in life. You see, every generation has a big battle. Previous generations had different battles. Some of them went to war for liberty. Some of them fought for justice. This is our generation's battle right now. What kind of a battle are you having? What kind of a war are you having? Are you frozen? Or actually, are you using this to get into new territories, to get into new neighbourhoods, to get into new homes, to make new friends? It's ever so important that we understand during times of difficulty, during war times, there's more creativity and ingenuity than at peacetime. See, in wartime, we need breakthroughs. In peacetime, we can just rest back. Listen, I am so impressed that during this COVID time, the spontaneity, the creativity that's being birthed around our churches, the new ways that we're finding to serve, 
the incredible ways of working into communities with food banks. We heard that amazing video of how our brothers and sisters in Africa are responding to this. But that's not just in Africa. I'm hearing that in the Middle East. I'm hearing that right across the United Kingdom, that actually during this period of time, during COVID, during lockdown, during a time when we're not supposed to be doing anything, the church is arising. And the church is arising to be a blessing to the nation. Ultimately, Joseph arose in a time of trouble. It was famine. You think famine is not a good thing. Of course, it's not a good thing. COVID is not a good thing. But during the time of famine, Joseph arose. And during this time, I believe the church is arising. You see, God has prophetically spoken to us about this. Our dear friend Ginny Bergen, who's part of our team, based in our home church in Sheffield, she prophesied this a few years ago. I've got her permission to read this out. And this is a prophecy that she gave to quite a large gathering a few years ago, and it was this. An unheard of disaster is coming. A despicable thing that will shake us and shock us and is without thought for those who are vulnerable. Sound familiar? Churches, this is what she saw in her vision, churches were having to support people in very difficult circumstances. The people in churches were responding and supporting their communities and they were being called the rescuers. So, the word went on, be prepared to support and reach out to those who've lost everything and those who have no way of knowing how they will even eat. The Joseph Barnes will soon be opened and you will be called the rescuers. Dear friend, this is our time. Dear friends, it's now. It's not for another time, it's now. We're to rise up and be the rescuers in this generation. It's happened before, friends. I think we need to study prophetic, we need to study church history. This has happened before. In the very early centuries, even as the church was trying to form around ancient documents, trying to bring the canon of Scripture together to understand what God said, and right in that time in Rome, there was incredible plagues. And I found this one in 250 to 270 AD, in those early centuries after Jesus, a terrible smallpox plague devastated the Roman Empire. It killed 5,000 people a day in Rome alone. The emperor, Decius, who had been persecuting Christians at first, decided that the Christians were to blame for this. But that was quelled by two uncomfortable facts. Number one, the Christians died from the plague just like everyone else. Number two, unlike everyone else, they went out of their way to care for their dying neighbours and friends, irrespective of their religious beliefs and background. A professor of early and New Testament Christianity in the Notre Dame University, Professor Moss said this about that time, an epidemic that seemed like the end of the world. Does that seem to you like what's going on? It's the end of the world an epidemic that seemed like the end of the world actually promoted the spread of Christianity. By their actions, 
in the face of death, Christians showed their neighbours that Christianity is worth dying for. Dear friends, we're not to act in fear. Now, let me be very clear with you. The opposite of fear is not courage. The opposite of fear is not bravery. The opposite of fear is love. Perfect love casts out fear. The Apostle John contrasts those two things together and God is showing us that we're to be known now by our fruitfulness. Jesus said, by this shall they know that you're my disciples if you have love. If you demonstrate kindness, love, mercy, that's the fruit of the Spirit. And that's what God wants of his church today. And that's what God wants to do in you. Now, I believe this as I was preparing this. I saw people's homes and I saw God giving people ingenious, creative God-inspired dreams and wisdom from him to know how to reach out to your neighbours. I don't know what that's going to look like for you. I'm not going to prescribe it for you. God will lead you. Just as he led them through the desert, just as he has always led Christians down through the years, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into how your fruitfulness is going to be made known to your neighbours. But I honestly believe this, that this is going to be the time of mass evangelism by declaring and demonstrating kindness and mercy and love. This is what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2. He says this, live such good lives amongst the world that even if they accuse you of wrongdoing, oh, we don't like your sexual ethics, oh, we don't like your use of finance, we don't like the way you do things, you Christians, even though they accuse you of wrongdoing, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence ignorant talk. A lot of ignorant talk going on at the moment. And we're called to silence it. Why? How? By, by some, pro no, by acts of love by acts of mercy, by acts of kindness. And right now, God is speaking to you. Some kids, God's speaking to you about how to show acts of love, how to show acts of mercy. And right now, there's a softening going on. You might not see it, and this is particularly, I'm just going to speak to our nation at the moment, the United Kingdom, but this is happening all over the world. I'm just going to give you some illustrations. A newspaper I read last week, which is one of the most read newspapers in this country, had a report from a University of Durham. It wasn't a Christian report, but it said this, that over this COVID period, over 50% of young people aged 18 to 24 have found and watched online religious services. That's our young people. Isn't that amazing? That's the generation that we think is quite difficult. That's the generation we think that's a hard generation to reach. They're hungry. God's softening their hearts. I had a Interview with Nicky Gumbel, the founder of the Alpha Course, and he said this, I would have never, I would have never, this is how he speaks, I would have never considered putting Alpha online. Now, he said, because our numbers have doubled during this COVID time, I'll never consider taking it offline. 
Dear friends, there's a hunger in people's hearts for God. There's a softening in their hearts. Now, as we finish this message, I just want to remind you, in case you've misheard what I've said, this is not just about some altruism or some kind of philanthropy, or it's just be good, be good, be good. What motivates us, dear friends, is not just love for people. We do love people and we do want to show kindness to people. But what's going to motivate you? What's going to keep you going for the long run that this is going to be? It's not just love for people, because sometimes that can dry up a little bit. It's actually love for Jesus. It's love for God. And as the love of God grips our heart, as Jesus becomes more wonderful and beautiful and incredible and, and lovely and awesome and powerful to us, we start to love the things that Jesus loves. And do you know what? God so loved the world. And God's putting a love in our hearts for the world, motivated by the love in our hearts for Jesus. As Paul says, the love of Christ compels us. It moves us. It stirs us. A great hymn writer once wrote this, Isaac Watts. Love, so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. Right now, I'm going to pray for you. As Ali said, we're going to pray for grown-ups and children. And as I do that, I'm going to welcome our friends, the Fellinghams. So grateful for our partnership with Nathan Lou and uh, great to have Jesse and Ella with us too. Just love this family, love all they're doing for Jesus. Love actually, Lou, what you're doing with your coffee mornings. And actually, God's going to use your coffee mornings more and more. You telling me some of your plans and I think that's exactly what we're talking about getting people into homes together the fruit of the spirit loving one another not for that you have to preach a sermon but demonstrate the love of God that's the real preach that's the, the it, we need incarnate love we need love worked out and as these guys are just going to come and lead us again in one final song I'm just going to pray and I'm going to pray for the love of God I'm going to pray that we get filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray that we get repositioned from fear, from being in fear to being in love. That we change from being a victim to being a rescuer. And that we change from being stationary to being a server. So Lord Jesus, right now, I pray for my dear friends right the way across the world. I pray, Lord, send the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill young ones, fill older ones, fill mums and dads and young children. You said, Lord, on male and female, young and old, rich, poor, slave, free, you pour out your Spirit. Now do it, Lord, right now, this moment as we're watching this together, do it, fill us with the Spirit so that our fruitfulness might go over the wall, so that we might be freshly, brought in love with Jesus, motivated by His love, changed from being victims to being rescuers and moved from being stationary, frozen, winded in the headlights to being servers going forward. We ask that in Jesus' name.